Penn State fans, it's official. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. And before I move any further, thank you so much for all of the support that I've received on YouTube through this channel, Locked on Nittany Lions. If you haven't already, please do subscribe. You can comment, hit the bell for notifications so that you, you can see when a new video is uploaded. But all of the views on the most recent post, on the most recent video, the comments as well, just whether it's you know debating some topics about Penn State football, questions, comments, anything. I appreciate the feedback, and I appreciate the discussion as well over the past two videos. And just we've been able to meet the subscriber goals that I have set, so I guess I'm going to have to set some new ones here. How about 500 before Penn State gets to the Rose Bowl and they play that game against Utah? 500 subscribers. I'd really appreciate it over on the YouTube channel, Locked on Nittany Lions. But wherever you get your podcasts, if you haven't already, please do leave a review uh, under wherever you get them and any other feedback that you would like to give. All right, so Penn State is in the Rose Bowl. They are going to play the number eight Utah Utes. That's what we're going to lead our show off with today. Uh, also get into a brief scouting report of Utah and what they bring to the table uh, after they just beat up on USC in the Pac-12 championship game. And then we'll finish this show with just some updates on Penn State football. Guys are entering the transfer portal. Some other guys still have to make decisions as far as what they're going to do moving forward in the next season, and we'll get you caught up on that. So Penn State against Utah first. Now, the reason I figured that Penn State would be in the Rose Bowl uh, for a couple of reasons. One, when that news came out that Ohio State was actually urging the Rose Bowl committee to take Penn State as opposed to them, whether they were in the college football playoff or not, that basically told me that they're going to go with Penn State. Uh, it also had to do with the fact that they didn't want a rematch of Ohio State and Utah because that was last year's game. Uh, and there were some things about how Ohio State didn't sell all of the tickets out that they had. You get an allotment of tickets for your school, and Ohio State only sold 13000 out of the 20000 uh, So it looked like the Orange Bowl was going to take them, but since the College Football Playoff Committee put the Buckeyes into the playoff, that's now the Rose Bowl was left with, since Michigan and Ohio State are out of the picture, it is now Penn State who, who moves in. They weren't going to take Purdue unless Purdue did win the Big Ten championship. Uh, and since they wouldn't have obviously been in the college football playoff, that was going to be the team that they had to choose because they were the Big Ten champion. So Purdue and Utah, I think the Rose Bowl is kind of happy that they had the chance to pick Penn State. Because this is the first time in history that Penn State and Utah are playing each other in a game of football. Uh, Utah is now number eight in the college football playoff ranking and Penn State is number 11, which I find kind of interesting. Penn State uh, moved down a few spots. They are number nine in the AP top 25. They also moved down, uh, but number seven in the coaches poll. So thank you, coaches. I appreciate that. That, that is the right spot for them uh, because it's not. It, yeah, they didn't make the Big Ten championship and they had to sit at home on Saturday, but I don't think that drops them completely. Uh, from where they were uh, they were definitely a top 10 team but if they beat Utah they'll be right back up there 
uh, and number 11 is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. And Utah, I'm not surprised that they did move up as far as they did. They were number 11 going basically Penn State and Utah flipped places because Utah beat USC uh, pretty handedly in that Pac-12 championship game. I did watch that from start to finish. But as I mentioned, this is the first meeting ever between Penn State and Utah. Penn State is actually 25 and 14 all time against Pac-12 teams. So a little bit of history. Uh, and they've played every Pac-12 team except for the Utes of Utah. The most recent meeting was, of course, against Washington back in the Fiesta Bowl in 2017. And Penn State won 35 to 28. And the Rose Bowl this year is going to be the last bowl game before we get the national championship. That is Monday, January 2nd, 2023, and kickoff is going to be 5 p.m. Eastern time and out in Pasadena, California, 2 o'clock. But this one made so much sense. Uh, Penn State uh, kind of broke the news a little early that they were going to be in the Rose Bowl. There was already a pre-sale that was going out for tickets or any sort of packages that you wanted to get together for the Rose Bowl. And so even before the news was broke yesterday that it was Penn State versus Utah, you already knew that Utah was going to be in the pack because they were the Pac-12 champion. You knew that they were going to be in the Rose Bowl since they weren't making the college football playoff. And then it was a matter of just Michigan beating Purdue. Michigan took a very wide. It was close. I was getting kind of worried. It was close because uh, 14 to 13 was the score at half. Purdue was down by one. Uh, and then Michigan took care of business. That seemed to be a theme for the Wolverines this year, that they were a heavy second-half team, and they handled business no problem. So they are the number two seed, and they are not taking on Ohio State. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that more throughout the week, the college football playoff, the rankings, and, and if they got them right or not. But this is about Penn State. Penn State, it's the fifth Rose Bowl appearance for the Nittany Lions. It is actually Utah's second all-time which happens to be the second consecutive appearance for the Utes. And Penn State's fifth road trip to the Rose Bowl. It's the first time actually since 2016 when they met against USC. And Penn State is 1-3 all-time in Rose Bowls. The Nittany Lions made their first bowl appearance uh, in 1923. It was against USC, and it was a 14-3 loss. And then it wasn't until 1995 when they went back and Kajana Carter and the Nittany Lions paved the way to a Penn State victory. It was 38-20 to 20 over Oregon. Kajana Carter had that historic run that just will always be remembered. Uh, but that was Penn State's only win because the other time, back in 2009, they lost to USC. So uh, USC has had their number in the Rose Bowl this time. It's a different team in Utah. Uh, and I, I like Penn State heading into this one in terms of just how many players they're going to have available. Uh, you should have a mostly full roster because Penn State's not going to have the issue it had last year where there were a lot of players opting out. Part of that had to do with the fact that there were, yes, there were just players that were destined for the draft. And in this case, other than Olu Fashionu and Joey Porter Jr. and, you know, Sean Clifford and PJ Mustafer, but there weren't any guys that, you know what I mean, they weren't developmental prospects that were going to hurt their draft status if they didn't play. Let's, you know, take a Jahan Dotson, for example, uh, a Brandon Smith, an Ellis Brooks from last year, right? Jaquan Brisker. Uh, but this year, there aren't as many players this season that have basically that 50-50 status where it would actually benefit them to opt out because most of them are either going to play to boost their draft status or 
they're going to play because it's their final game since they're either seniors or super seniors like a Sean Clifford, uh, or they're also going to be coming back. You know, you're not going to opt out of a game that uh, like an Olu Fashionu, he's coming back. So he's not going to opt out. A Kalen King is not going to opt out. Uh, but Joey Porter Jr. is one of them. Jair Brown could make a decision. I, I don't know. I don't really have a guess as far as what he would do. Uh, he may opt out of it. He may not. Uh, I think it obviously would be good for him to play, but he doesn't necessarily have to because we saw Jaquan Brisker do that to focus on the draft. But nevertheless, you're not going to have mass opt-outs like you did last season. Uh, you're going to have most, if not 99% of the roster, very much intact. Uh, aside from Joey Porter Jr. opting out because he is going to be a high up draft pick. I, I don't blame him, uh, but this is the granddaddy of them all too. So forget the part of the fact that, yeah, there's uh, an NFL draft coming up for a lot of these players, uh, even the super seniors like PJ Mustafer and Sean Clifford. Uh, but this, this is a big deal. This is a new year's six bowl game. Uh, this team feels like it needs to start what it finished. And if you ask the players, when you talk to them, they feel like they've been slighted in all the media attention uh, between the all Big Ten teams, but more so in the fact that, well, they haven't played anybody, haven't beaten anybody. And yeah, that's kind of the case. Uh, but most people aren't taking as much stock into those victories like the one against Minnesota, the one against Maryland, where they just controlled from start to finish. And, and that's what they want to prove. And now they have the opportunity to do that since they did not get it done against Michigan and Ohio State. The last game was Purdue, and that was way at the beginning of the season. So now Penn State feels like it has a chance to prove itself one final time. And it's going to be against the Utes of Utah, who are number eight in the country after beating USC in the Pac-12 championship very handedly. Now, what does Utah bring to the table? That's coming up next as we discuss the opposition in a very early scouting report here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Today's episode is sponsored by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tendered, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and use code LOCKEDON at checkout to get $30 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, Air Chill Boneless Chicken, Ultra Juicy Burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart. A gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering from the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code Locked On at checkout to get an extra thirty dollars off your order. Minimum order may be required. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko, Penn State, headed to the Rose Bowl. The granddaddy of them all, it should be a good game because they're going up against the Utah Utes, who Penn State's never seen before. So what do we know about Utah? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, Utah 
Well, they're coming into this game 10 and three playing that 13th game in the Pac-12 championship game that was held at the Las Vegas Raiders stadium where they just beat the living daylights out of number four USC 47 to 24 was the final score. And we'll say this, I, I watched that game from start to finish and USC, they, they jumped out ahead. It was 17 to three. And then Utah stormed all the way back to tie it before the half. And then things just kind of went the wrong way for USC. Uh, Caleb Williams, the second that he got hurt, uh, definitely did not help the case because you took away that dual threat capability. You didn't have to leave a QB spy out there. You didn't have to be so worried about containing the edge. And Utah was able to adjust from that. But now they're the Pac-12 champs. Uh, they sealed the game with a strong defensive performance and a ground game, which I'm going to discuss here. They're back-to-back Pac-12 champs as well. They won the year before, they've won this year, and now they've gone to two consecutive Rose Bowls because of it. In 2021, they did go 10-4. and four. They were 8-1 and one in the Pac-12 last season. They lost to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. The final score was 48-45. to 45. Uh, Utah jumped out to a huge lead, but Ohio State quickly just erased it one by one by one play uh, and then ultimately outscored Utah 17-7 to seven in the fourth quarter. And then they ended up going on to win by three points. And they had so many opt-outs. And that's where Marvin Harrison Jr. put himself onto the scene. You had Travion Henderson, who had a great game. But there were a lot of players that were missing for Ohio State. Uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, most notably. And look at what they're doing in the NFL. The head coach of Utah is Kyle Whittingham. Uh, he's been with the program since 1994, and he's just a Utah guy. He went to BYU. That's where he played, and he graduated from it. He then played a little bit in the NFL, but then returned to Utah, the state, but then joined the Utes and was a defensive coordinator from 1995 to 2004. And yes, he was the defensive coordinator under Urban Meyer in 2003 and 2004 before Urban Meyer went to Florida. Uh, And now he's been the head coach ever since. 2005 so that's 17 years and he's got a head coaching record of 154 and 73 so Kyle Whittingham I think he was when they did head coaching rankings I think he cracked the top 10 pretty consistently when uh, people put that together in the offseason which we'll get an updated ranking and hopefully James Franklin's uh, at or near the top 10 what else do we know about Utah? Well, quarterback Cam Rising is basically the heartbeat of this offense. And when I say that, it's not because he's necessarily the best player on the team, but he, people look up to him. He he knows how to get a fire started for this team. He's tough. He's a leader. I saw him just, he had his soul knocked out of him on the one hit by a USC defender, and he got up like nothing happened. His helmet flew off and everything. There was no targeting called, and he just got up and was like, okay. You know, we'll go back out there that is able to spark your offense uh, w- without any issues. But he he ignites this offense, I must say, with his leadership. But it's not he's not bad. He's actually very good. He's very efficient. He's smart and he can make, you know, a solid amount of throws. Would I say that he is the most athletic and best quarterback out there uh, by no means? But he gets the job done. 66.2 completion percentage this past season, 2,939 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, and seven interceptions, and he was only sacked eight times. Part of that has to do with the offensive line being very good. The other half of it has to do with he's partially a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, 68 carries, 409 rushing yards, and six rushing touchdowns. So 
just he knows what to do with the football at any given time. He knows when to run it. He knows when to sit back and pass it. He's just very good at extending plays or doing what needs to be done. And he had 310 passing yards and three touchdowns in, in that game against USC. I mean, when your team puts up 47 points, you're going to account for some of it, right? Uh, and that USC game, uh, if you watched any of his interviews from Cam Rising, he just has it out for Lincoln Riley because Lincoln Riley, uh, apparently he did some shady stuff when he was recruiting Cam Rising to Oklahoma. And it's always been personal. And uh, Rising said in a quote, and this isn't verbatim, but he said, if I ever get the chance to play that guy, it's going to be personal. You know, I'd like to, I, I'd like to stick it to him. And he did just that. Uh, he beat him twice this year. That's right. Utah beat USC twice this year and knocked them out of the college football playoff. Utah, because of what Utah did, that is why Ohio State is back in the college football playoff. Uh, they were also able to do that because they got a young dynamic duo at running back, kind of like Penn State, uh, Micah Bernard and Jaquindon Jackson. But these guys are a little bit different. Uh, Micah Bernard is more of a receiving back and Jaquindon Jackson is your between the tackles power runner, even though they're both very nimble. They have a lot of speed to them, but Jackson's more of the physical back and Bernard's more of the finesse. Bernard had 11 carries, 88 rushing yards, and a touchdown against USC in that Pac-12 championship game. Jackson had 13 carries, 105 rushing yards, and two touchdowns, one of uh, which sealed the deal late in the game for them. Uh, he's tough to bring down, Jaquindon Jackson. And maybe that's because USC was just that bad at tackling. Like, I swear, they could not bring down any player on Utah's offense. But I think that also has to do with the fact of how physical Utah plays. Uh, if I'm going to go out on a limb here, I, I want to say that their style reminds me a lot of Michigan and Penn State struggled with Michigan. But this is a different team now uh, because Michigan, which we'll get into in just a second, has a different defense from what Utah uh, is able to offer. But on offense, very physical. They'll go under center. They'll do some things out of shotgun. Rising is mobile like a J.J. McCarthy. But they do like to ground and pound the football and impose their will. Uh, Tavion Thompson was actually their running back. Like He was the guy, but then he opted out the remainder of the season after he suffered a toe injury against Oregon and said, like, hey, I'm just going to focus on the draft. So he got that out of the way. But just as a reminder, Bernard is the receiving back because he's used pretty frequently in the passing game as a check down option and Jackson's physical in between the tackles type of guy. Now, where do they go besides Bernard out of the backfield? Two very athletic tight ends, Dalton Kikade and Thomas Yasmin. Dalton Kikade might honestly, if he were to go in the NFL draft this year, I would say that not necessarily a lock to be the number one guy because Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame is projected to be the number one tight end. But I would say that Dalton Kincaid is definitely the second if he's not close to being first. Uh, and he is Cam Rising's favorite target and someone that Penn State is going to have to circle when they're coming up with a game plan. He's the leading receiver in every statistic. 70 receptions, 890 rushing and receiving yards, and eight receiving touchdowns. Uh, so he is the go-to guy for big plays. He's the safety net for Cam Rising. He's everything in the offense. The leading wide receiver is Devon Vele, and he has 50 receptions, 595 receiving yards, and five touchdowns, and was a guy that in the offseason they believed would have a breakout year, and he did just that. Uh, on defense, though, so I, I've raved about Utah's offense because they are what they are. They're very physical. They're very successful. And they're very efficient. And Penn State, in the one time that it faced an offense like that, did not do all too well. 
Now, what about the defense? Because Michigan was, uh, you know, they were smothering on that side of the football and Penn state uh, is going to have, I think a better time against this Utah defense. You'll see a lot of different defensive fronts. Uh, Utah will switch out into a three man front. They'll go in a four, three, a four, two, five. They'll have three down defensive linemen with an extra edge rusher off the side. But this is actually a very young group, uh, and, and they do make some big plays. They're very stout in the secondary. They had seven sacks against USC, but USC's problem all season long was the offensive line. The center end, ended up getting injured in that game, and Utah was just able to take advantage of USC's biggest weakness, especially with Caleb Williams losing that mobility factor when uh, the hamstring when he had a hamstring injury about halfway through that game. Besides the point, Utah was able to capitalize on that. That group is good, but they exploited some weaknesses on USC's offense. Now, Penn State has a pretty solid offensive line. We've seen that, and Olu Fashionu projects to play in this game, especially since he's coming back next season uh, for another year with the Nittany Lions. They can get after the quarterback. They're really good against the run, but they are vulnerable to the pass. Even though the secondary does make big plays, particularly from their safeties, uh, they're not so good at defending the pass overall. They actually are they're in the lower half of the country when it comes to yardage and passing allowed, but they are 18th in takeaways. They are number 25 in scoring defense. So Utah collectively, because Utah can take away the run and force teams maybe into a passing attack that they might not be comfortable with, that is where Utah is going to succeed. And when you look at it head-to-head, Penn State's become a run-first team, and they're going to have to establish that to keep the pressure off of Sean Clifford, but also because they're not as strong as they have been in the receiving core, and that has to do with the injury to Parker Washington. It's not as dynamic of an aerial attack. So the tight ends are going to have to have another big game like they did against Michigan State and be those additional receivers to Mitchell Tinsley and whoever else they're going to put out there in addition to Keandre Lambert-Smith. So Penn State, uh, I I think there will be a little more throwing in this game just because Utah is so sound against the run and they don't do all that well against the pass, but Penn State's going to be put up to the task with that Parker Washington injury. It's unfortunate. It actually does limit this offense in more ways than you would expect. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. When we come back here, we're going to finish up the show uh, just with some Penn State football news, guys that are opting out, some updates on the status of current players on the team, and that is all on the way. Today's episode is sponsored by Simply Safe. At Locked On Nittany Lions, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Nittany Lions listeners, that's you, 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Here's why I love it. What I like most about Simply Safe is the advanced technology, whether it's controlling your system from the smartphone app, viewing your crystal clear HD security camera feeds, or a wide range of high tech sensors. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras from inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alerts you only when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs under a dollar a day, less than half the price of traditional home security systems. 
Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Seiko. You can follow the show on Twitter, Locked On Nittany, or my personal account, Zach underscore Seiko. And Penn State is going to be playing Utah in the Rose Bowl January 2nd, 2023. And if you were subscribed to Locked On Nittany Lions, you knew that this was coming. I kind of got the, and this was combined with things that I heard, but also the speculation that it could very much happen with the fact that Michigan and Ohio State could be in the college football playoff. We now know that they are. But the second that Ohio State, if they had not made the Rose Bowl because USC and TCU both won, for example, and Ohio State just said, hey, if we're up for uh, consideration to be in the Rose Bowl, we would prefer you to take Penn State. Uh, And once that was reported by The Athletic, you knew that Penn State was on their way. But let's get you caught up on some Penn State football news. Uh, Players are opting out, declaring for the draft, uh, entering the transfer portal. And who else is Penn State going to be missing in 2023? Well, actually, a couple of players uh, gave their announcements uh, this past weekend, one of which Rodney McGraw is going to be entering the transfer portal, former three-star defensive end. Uh, He's from the Midwest area. It's going to be crowded at defensive end next year. He appeared in a couple of games this season, so I'm not surprised that he's looking for a new opportunity. I mean, Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, Deny Dennis Sutton, I mean, Vanover and even Nick Tarburton could come back for the extra year of eligibility. He's going to talk to some NFL scouts. Uh, he'll definitely be playing in this bowl game. I don't see him opting out if he's going into the NFL draft, but uh, Tarburton could be back. It's going to be a stout group uh, along the edge. So I don't, I don't disagree with what Rodney McGraw is doing by looking for that next place. Uh, long snapper Michael Wright is also going to be entering the transfer portal. I, I heard that he actually lost out on the backup long snapper position, uh, meaning he was third string this season, and it probably would have been an uphill battle for him uh, going into next season with the starting job up in the air, uh, given that Chris Stoll is graduating. The Rose Bowl will be his last game. Uh, so I, I understand him as well looking for a new opportunity because Uh, It looked like he didn't have an inside track on the starting job for next season. And we know that Christian Veyer is in the transfer portal. And I I actually want to go back to where I said like, okay, he might end up at old dominion because it would be a good fit. And it still would be because Ricky Ronnie's there. He's a former Penn state offensive coordinator, and he might have had some influence when the whole, when all the recruiting started. But if you look back, go to Christian Veyer's recruiting profile. He had a list. Like I'm talking a very long grocery list of schools that have offered had offered him, and his top four were Clemson, Duke, Pitt, and Penn State. Like aside from Pitt, uh, that's a pretty good group that he had it, had it narrowed down to. Uh, Big Ten schools, SEC schools, ACC schools. So yeah, Old Dominion would still be a good fit just because it's good coaching over there and some familiarity with uh, Ricky Ronnie's system. Now I know that Christian Veyer committed when Kirk Shiraka was in place and that was his system. So there is a chance I wouldn't rule out Minnesota and that's something that I've actually thought might be a better destination for him. Uh, Minnesota now has Kirk Shirak again as the offensive coordinator. That is who Veyer committed under when back in 2020. So 
uh, it would make sense given that Tanner Morgan is going to leave. Uh, but I just, I find the speculation interesting. Uh, he was also offered by LSU, Michigan, West Virginia. I don't really see him going to any of those schools, but uh, some of other some other listeners have commented and said that Pitt is definitely an option, and I think it is as well, given that Keaton Slovis will move on. He's the USC transfer that came to Pitt, uh, and I think he has to enter the draft th this upcoming year. But Pitt's an option, but I think Minnesota, he could realistically land there given that Tanner Morgan uh, will be moving on. And Kaliak Manis ha has shown a little bit of promise, but how much, I really can't say. Uh, so I, I undersold him when I said that he's going to Old Dominion, or at least that would be a good fit. But that is the case. It would be a good fit. But I think that there, uh, Christian Bayer is much better than people are giving him credit for. And it showed with the fact that he was a former four-star and he had all of those offers to a bunch of Division One Power Five programs. So that is ultimately where he will land, especially if he can compete for a starting job. My name is Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. We got plenty to unpack this week. Penn State wrestling just got done with Ryder and Lehigh. Penn State men's basketball is getting ready to open up Big Ten play and is coming off that heartbreaking loss against Clemson. We'll talk about all that more. There's the college football playoff. And I think the committee got it right. I'll save that for later in an upcoming episode and explain why I thought they got it right here and everything else that was a little controversial when they ultimately made the decision. So there's plenty to discuss moving forward, and we're going to have plenty of player news uh, as it comes out progressively. Who's opting out? Who's going into the draft? Who's staying? Who's transferring? And it'll all be right here on Locked On Nittany Lines. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications of new episodes. Leave comments, any questions, feedback, debates you want to have on the channel. I'm all for it. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.